Good morning. I'm your host, Claudia Shamba, welcoming you to the February 18th, 2020 edition of Ask a Leader. Helping you out with your ballot that you've received in the mail, we continue with local coverage in this horse race free zone. Bye, guys and gals. It's I'm so fed up with the horse race. It's an opportunity cost that doesn't allow us to get deeper into policy and get deeper into the ballot. So we'll do our best on this platform to keep giving you those local election possibilities. First, we'll hear today from Becky Gomez, incumbent, running for another term on the Orange County Board of Education's Area 1, which includes Garden Grove, Fountain Valley, Santa Ana, and Tustin. My second guest will be Paulette Chafee, running for trustee on the Orange County Board of Education's Area 4, which includes La Habra, Brea, Fullerton, Placentia, Anaheim, and Buena Park. Next week, we'll hear from one more candidate in Area 5. Uh, another one has declined. The Orange County Board of Education is a nonpartisan elected office. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the show. My first guest is Becky Gomez, trustee of Area 1 on the Orange County Board of Education running for re-election this primary, March 3rd. Previously, she served two terms on the Tustin City Council, where she represented the city on the Orange County Senior Citizens Advisory Council the Santa Ana River Flood Protection Agency, and the Orange County Library Advisory Board. She served on the Orange County Emergency Medical Committee since 2015 and is currently the Dean for the Health Science Division at Cypress College. Previously, Becky held various management and consulting positions in hospitals, clinics, and a national home health agency. Her local education posts include Tustin Unified School, no, excuse me, include President of the Tustin Public School Foundation, Tustin High School Academic Boosters, Tustin Unified School District Coordinating Council, Thorman Elementary PTO President, Curry Middle School PTA. She also served on the Board of Directors for Tustin Girls Softball, Nelson PTA, Tustin Meadows Tiny Tots, the Orange County Women's Soccer League, and as a longtime coach in Tustin Bobby Sox, Tustin Girls Softball, AYSO, and National Junior Basketball. Becky Gomez completed her Bachelor's of Science in Public Health at UCLA and her Master's of Arts degree in Sports Fitness from the University of San Francisco. Becky joins me in studio. Welcome to Ask a Leader, Becky Gomez. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's good having you because I don't know, are you finding out when you're campaigning, are people aware that the Orange County Board of Education exists? Uh, it's uh, That's a question I'm often asked is what does the Board of Education do? And as well as not being sure that there's a, an election in March. So it's really trying to educate voters that the primary is in March and not June as it has been in the past. Oh, yeah. And we, we've been talking about that since... Oh, before Halloween, I think, because I, I was concerned about all that change. So um, then, well, I'd like, I'm largely asking the same questions of all the Board of Education candidates. So listeners have a basis of comparison. You're not in the district where the, the radio station is located, but I think with the kind of clout, you, you're, you're running a 1,400 uh, employee organization, 
as a trustee. And so all of the trustees have an impact on policy countywide. So it's good to look under hoods in other areas. So tell us what in your estimation, because this is your, you've, you've, you're finishing your first full term, what is the purview of the county's Board of Education to distinguish your board from like the Orange County Superintendent of Schools and the State Superintendent? Well, the County uh, Board of Education is really focused on um, sort of the overall uh, aspects of education in Orange County. Um, our primary responsibilities are um, overseeing interdistrict transfer. So when um, a child or a family wants to transfer from one school district to another, um, and we often look at appeals. Uh, the other thing is um, overseeing charter schools. Um, if a charter school petitions at a local district and that district denies that petition, then the charter school has the ability to petition to the county board of education upon appeal. And at that point, the county board can make a decision as to whether to deny or uphold that that appeal. Um, the biggest thing, I think, for the Orange County Board of Education is professional development. So for the schools, it's often prohibitive for them to uh, train small groups of teachers within their district. So the County Board of Education can provide professional development activities for um, teachers throughout the district, uh, throughout the, uh, the county. So again, it's, it's more cost effective and we can kind of utilize the expertise of um, the county folks for that as well. So those are some of the things. That okay, we're... let's talk. I'd like in a way to sort of, it's a hybrid question. You brought up two areas that I would love to unpackage and how one of them might be stealing the thunder of the other is there's been an inordinate amount of attention given to charter school sorts of agendas. I'll, I'll call it for lack of a better word right now. And so when the, the more attention that's paid to let's say, a charter school petition that's been denied by the, it's the superintendent that denies it, correct? No, it's a local or, school, the local school board. The school, all right, the local school board. Lo, you can't get more local than that. <laughs> and they, they don't appreciate the, uh, the application for that charter school. So the amount of vigor, and we're, we'll talk about the finances that are drained We'll talk about that later in the interview, but so, but the attention, the energy is given to what the Orange County Board of Education decides to do to champion a rejected application. That 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 creates time that you're not spending on working on the state of the art professional development for the educators throughout Orange County. Okay, so so me, talk about that. Okay, um, sure. The um. You're right. It has become a little bit of a a hot button issue. Um, And I think for the most part, uh, the Board of Education really has to concentrate on making sure that all schools are good. And that includes both public schools and charter schools. So when we look at these petitions, uh, we look at them from the very beginning. And you do. You're in the front end of all of that. And so you see it coming through the the pipeline. (laughs) The, well, the petitions are anywhere from four to 500 pages. Wow. Okay. So we're talking about a three-ring notebook that's completely filled. So it does take a lot of time and effort for um, a board member to go through all of that and to make sure that we've got a good school. Um, and again, I want to hold all schools accountable, whether they're public or charter. 
So looking at that, um, those petitions, I look at curriculum to make sure that um, we have um, a strong curriculum and that it can be supported by the, the right teachers, the right uh, principal, uh, the right professional development. And you can see that? You can see that in well, those four well, to five hundred pages? We can we can see what they're proposing. Okay. And if, let's say, for example, that um, a charter school says they're going to offer four field trips a year uh, to students, and then you look at the budget, and the budget doesn't have enough money in there for field trips for the number of students that they're proposing. So it's things like that that we have to look at and make sure that there's a budget to support what the school proposes to do. And, and that's just one example. Um, so, again, we want to hold our schools accountable. I, I personally, I don't want to gamble on a child's education. And I want to be sure that whatever school that child goes to is a good school. So I think every kid in Orange County deserves a great education, no matter where they live, where their zip code is, who their parents are, what they look like. Uh, and I and I want to guarantee that I want I I, I won't say I can't guarantee it, but I'm going to do my best to to assure that uh, every school is strong within our county. So when the, the local school board denies a charter school application, why? What 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 is is there? Because there were I think in the last cycle there were there were twelve of fifteen. If I have that right, that they had. They reversed the denial of the applications. I mean, it's quite a considerable number. What is there a a through line with what is deficient in those applications? Well, yes, the local school board will um, provide a report as to why they deny it. And that's often in their their board minutes. Um, And then when it comes uh, in front of the county board, um, the county staff, we have a charter school uh, section, so to speak, and they will look at the petition and they will go through it. They will meet with the charter school um, because sometimes things aren't as well clarified, perhaps okay. in a written document. So okay. they're, they're newer they to the them. game. And they and the the uh, the charter school unit will will meet with the the charter school folks and make sure that everything is is there um, or any, or clarify any positions that are unclear in the petition. And then the charter school unit provides a staff report to the board. Uh, I personally, I don't read those staff reports until I read the petition because I don't want to be colored by what the staff has written. Um, And then one of those things that, you know, I have pages and pages of notes when I read those petitions. And then, and sometimes my questions get answered later in the petition. uh, But then I'll read the staff report to see if what my findings were consistent with what the, uh, the staff found. So, um, and, I can't say how my colleagues look at those petitions, but that's how I look at the petitions. You can't really. You're not sure. Their their little binders are, are their their notes are <laughs> their 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 binders are there too. But as far as what their notes look like, I I don't know. Okay. So then that there's there's a lot coming through, and when the the board of education, the majority are really interested. They're carrying the water for any kind of charter school coming through, and so. You have your sights on some other aspects of the or other purviews of the Board of Education in professional development of these teachers, which is the other side. It's like you said, accountability for the best possible curriculum for serving the students. And then the other end is the best possible sort of bringing teachers up to the, the leading 
the current, the best practices in pedagogy. So do you see, is there a, a sort of drop off of the attention of, of looking at that professional development? I don't think enough attention is paid to professional development. Um, and I don't know that all my colleagues understand how important that is. Um, wow. Just one of one of the positions I've held at Cypress College is the coordinator of professional development. So, um, so I, I think I probably have a particular bent towards that because I see how important that is. Things are changing, laws are changing, um, best practices change, and I think that we need to continue to provide opportunities for our teachers uh, to have the best um, information so they can become the best teachers. Uh, one of the things that we always get challenged, um, and I think it's just a challenge in education, is those students with special needs. So it's really important to have professional development that can address the needs of, of those students. Uh, because again, I'm back to providing a great education for any student in Orange County. So I, I guess I want to go through what the other candidates who've been on here, who that the sort of... Um, I don't know if I want to call it red meat, but let's say the the kind of the chosen areas of interest, parental rights. We've talked a little bit about charter schools, greater personal responsibility. They talk about limited government, public safety, safe schools. And there's this back to basics as a return to traditional approach to education, which is maybe in a, a different direction when you're talking about the, the, the professional development. So I, I try to get... One, uh, them to, to unpackage, there's a, I think there is a focus on what is the appropriate time and curriculum for sex ed in Orange County. What is your disposition in that particular area of teaching? Well, I think um, the California Healthy Youth Act has a lot of aspects to it. And unfortunately, people tend to focus on sex education. The California Healthy Youth Act is sort of a continuum uh, for students. Uh, so it might be something like in kindergarten, we teach them about good sleep habits. Um, maybe in later elementary school, we're talking about exercise and nutrition. So there's a lot that has to do with the California Healthy Youth Act. But unfortunately, a lot of people focus on the sex education, um, which I think is still important. Um, but that shouldn't be our, our main focus. Our main focus is looking at that continuum to make sure that, again, children have good information that's age appropriate uh, and they can they can learn and have the facts um, rather than hearing it from their peers who might not have good information, uh, but allowing um, students to get information. You're giving their peers too much credit. Well, there is so much science about the peers don't have any. They have horrible, they have horrible information. So, but I, I guess when I, the more I, and I spoke at length after one of the, the recording sessions that I podcast is that there's, I look through this lens of what public health looks like. And I see the sex ed as a public health issue. So you're talking about, let's get the kiddos in kindergarten, getting, getting enough rest and making other good choices along the mm -hmm. way. And I mentioned that there are sex ed curricula in other countries, you know, the, we have to go to Scandinavia for all these progressive sort of go-tos, but that there is so matter of fact about mm -hmm. this 
that they got this public health situation down because it, it, they start out early. They were casual. And matter of fact, everybody understands un, they're unflappable about that. And we somehow we're not getting that memo here. And so I don't know if that you want to talk about why sex ed, how that is a, a public health concern that fits in a public education curriculum. Well, my background is public health. So I graduated from UCLA, the School of Public Health. As we said, yeah. Um, and my first job was for L.A. County. And the job that I had, I had to go to all the ambulatory care centers in the that particular part of the region of L.A. County. And one of the things that I noticed as I was going to work in those clinics is I would often see young girls who were much younger than I was who were pregnant and going to the prenatal clinic. If that doesn't make a mark on you, um, I'm not sure what what will. And so I often wonder, and I probably to this day, I think about those those young girls at least once a week about what happened to them. And were they able to finish their education? Were they able to be great moms? Uh, Did they have the wherewithal to, um, you know, at least they were there getting prenatal care. But were they able to continue their education? Were they able to raise their their children? the legacy of their early pregnancies exactly the next generation exactly so um and so that's something that i focus on is that are we giving children enough information to be safe uh not only to prevent pregnancy but also sexually transmitted diseases um and and you know uh, appropriate dating habits and dating relationships those kinds of things um and i think that's again taken more focus in the past few years about you know uh, domestic violence and things like that. So for those of you who've just joined us, my guest is Becky Gomez. She's incumbent running for trustee on the Orange County Board of Education Area 1, which includes Garden Grove, Fountain Valley, Santa Ana, and Tustin. And I'd like for you to talk about uh, what your objectives are for the next term. And I guess what uh, what I'll, in the interest of time, since we got a little bit of a late start here, is what there, there is actually a financial crisis, kind of, I'll call it, opening up with the Orange County Board of Education. And you could give us your, I mean, you're witnessing how this thing is all unraveling and that there's larger and larger financial liabilities that the Board of Education is going to have to cover. So if you could talk about what that, that you know, very succinctly, what, <laughs> you can, at the, um, if you don't mind, the what the board is facing right now with those challenges there's there's external legal counsel that with huge billable hours the the internal general counsel is no longer taking this up for the majority of the board members issues there so how are you going to resolve that as you quickly describe that and in the next term and sort of move on past this being a recurrent kind of petitioning of a denied application of a charter school. Um, well, there's a couple things that you yes, mentioned. So I'm gonna, I know. Gonna try. <laughs> I know it's a lot, but we, I'm, I'm, I'm going to try. I'm going to make up for lost time quickly as possible. Um, well, the the ongoing lawsuit with um, the board um, suing the superintendent over the appointment of the general counsel. I'm hopeful that we can reach some sort of a conclusion fairly quickly. Um, this has gone on for way too long. Uh, it's been two years, almost two years. And that, to me, is just a waste of taxpayer money. 
uh, that we should be focusing on children. And again, as I think I mentioned earlier in this interview, my focus is making sure every child in Orange County gets a good education. And if we're spending money on lawsuits... And t- I mean, it's attention. It's, it's a bandwidth issue, not just yeah. just physical... Re- I mean, everything Absolutely. is getting drained, right? Absolutely. We spend more time talking about uh, some of these lawsuits. Um, and the second lawsuit is, is about the budget. And some of my colleagues wanted to have a line item veto. And that's just not, an, again, an effective way to use our time. Uh, we had three opportunities to look at the budget and make suggestions and changes. And yet, on the day we were to approve the budget, um, some of my colleagues wanted to change some of those items. And my suggestion was wait till the next interim budget and let's look at it at that point. But it was we have we have deadlines. We have mandated deadlines sure. that we missed. And that ensued into another lawsuit. And once again, we're wasting taxpayer money on lawsuits that, you know, really we should be focused somewhere else and do our job and do it when we're supposed to do it as opposed to the eleventh hour. So what happens though with the, the resources that you are using for something that has not been budgeted. I mean, that's taken out of perhaps where teachers are getting certain grants or they're getting workshops or or students are getting uh, some, I'm not sure uh, what the students get directly from the Board of Education, but that, that that's a zero sum. You spend money on that, shoring up that deficit there. It's not going, where, who's not getting that money otherwise? Well, grants are usually protected, so we'll take those out of the equation. Okay, usually but- grants grants are, are very specific to what they're, you know, they're intended for. But it, it would come out of the general fund. Um, and just like any organization, you have a general fund that is there for unexpected circumstances, unexpected expenses. Let's say the roof caves in. You've got to have some uh, emergency funds, so to speak, uh, to handle those things. But, or a but, public health thing that requires ex- use of the facilities. Exactly, exactly. So um, I think that that's just one of those things that where is that money coming? We're having to shift dollars, and that's that's not a good thing because you, those dollars are already earmarked for are something. Are you pink slipping staff, too, to... To make oh up. no, not no. That's not happening yet. No, no. So it's in these other pro. Oh wow. So still. So we've got. I know that was short shrift, and I I want to make sure everybody is up on the Assembly Bill four D eight, which became Prop thirteen, and we've talked about that with different candidates, also with the state uh, Senate Assembly and uh, other down ticket candidates. But let's. Uh, what's your position on Prop thirteen on the primary ballot that is funding? schools, uh, the the brick and mortar, and some maintenance aspects? Well, I think that, um, you know, we haven't, we, we've been challenged. Of, many of our schools are aging, and so we've got infrastructure issues. The buildings have to be refurbished. The, um, the intent of that not only is refurbishment, but also uh, to look at some aspects of school safety. It was to, um, if I remember correctly, uh, create some more space for school nurses and mental health counseling. Uh, again, one of my jobs at Cyprus is I oversee the, the health center. And so we have we are facing that same challenge is how do we provide those mental health services? Because it's not just something that you can do anywhere. You do have to have private space. Uh, and so that's some of the challenges that we have with this this bill. Um, this bill is going to hopefully provide um, some of those things that that we need at the school. So the refurbishment, the safety, um, some of the um, health aspects, um, so privacy and those kinds of things. So um, 
I I'm not in favor of a lot of taxes, but I think this is a this is something that we really need to consider carefully uh, because of the long term benefits that that our schools will see. You're an incumbent, so does that restrict you from from bringing people up to speed on the the ballot measure? No, I don't believe so. That's, you can do that, okay? Because like the Hatch Act, you know that and federal employees can't be involved in certain politics, but you're able right. to. So you're educating on so many fronts: the down ticket, the 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 changes in the primary in California, and the measures, propositions that are on the ballot yeah, as well. There's a lot going on. There's a <laughs> lot of moving parts there. So uh, now, one thing that, and maybe we'll make this uh, the, one of the last questions here: that the Orange County Board of Education has had other funds available from Sacramento that they have left, they've returned to the capital. So. Could you give us maybe, how about this, a, a case study in the, an instance where funds were, were not used that the state made avail, makes available to all boards of education around the state, state funds that weren't used uh, because the, of the sort of ideological sort of take by the Orange County Board of Education's majority members? Um, I'm actually not aware of any funds that we've returned. If if you can give me an example, perhaps I can address okay. it. But I'm, I'm it's buried under my other notes oh. <laughs> there. But I I from those people that are following it really closely, uh, that they're they're talking about um, it's it's part of the sort of small government that the sort of uh, agenda there. But I, I'll 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 set that one aside. So tell us who is financing your campaign and your endorsements? Um, actually, I have a lot of endorsements. Um, a lot of the the uh, teachers groups um, throughout the county, um, obviously the Tustin teachers, uh, the Irvine teachers, Newport Mesa. Um, I, I, and I'm going to apologize right now because all my teachers out there, I don't remember all the organizations. Um, I'm getting a lot of support from many of the labor groups, uh, many of the um, uh, women's groups, uh, WAVE, uh, National Women's Political Caucus, uh, Planned Parenthood. Uh, there, there's a lot of groups as well as many um, elected officials and community members and local school board members as well. And and your campaign fine, uh, funds are coming from? Uh, all the groups that I mentioned. Th- those, so, those groups. I, yeah. I mixed that up with endorsements. So yeah. They're, yeah. They're separate there. So, okay. And how can people follow your campaign? Uh, they can certainly go to my website, beckygomez.com, very original. Um, but um, yes, they can they can go there and um, they can volunteer for the campaign. They can contribute. Uh, they can uh, look at my positions on various things. Okay. I wish we had more time. I'm saying that like a broken record here. <laughs> Becky Gomez, thank you for being on the show, taking the time to be in studio today. Thank you. Thanks for having me. My guest was... Becky Gomez, and she is the the incumbent running in Orange County Board of Education Trustee Area 1, which includes Garden Grove, Fountain Valley, Santa Ana, and Tustin. We'll be right back with the other candidate for the Orange County Board of Education, but in a different area. We'll be right back. Thank you for listening and staying tuned. was 
the Vitamin String Quartet. Thank you kindly for staying tuned, everybody. Welcome back to Ask a Leader. My next guest is Paulette Chafee, running for the Orange County Board of Education trustee position for Area 4, which includes La Habra, Brea, Fullerton, Placentia, Anaheim, and Buena Park. She worked in public schools as a teacher and a speech therapist, but we're going to talk about her involvement first in public education. It includes PTSA groups and classrooms. She received the Above and Beyond Award from the Fullerton School District a few years ago. She's been involved with the Science Olympiad, All the Arts for All the Kids, First Five Orange County, and Legislative advocacy groups. She completed both her bachelor's and master's degrees at the University of Redlands in communicative disorders, as well as a lifetime teaching credential, then her JD from Western State University College of Law. She's practiced law with her husband, Doug Chafee in Fullerton, for many years. She comes to us today from Fullerton. Welcome to Ask a Leader, Paulette Chafee. Thank you for having me on your radio show. It's good having you on... I'd like to have you talk about why you're running what's, and why you're running it fits what is this, the purview you see as the Orange County Board of Education. It's really important to provide quality education for every Orange County student. Uh, education has been my passion for a long, long time. I've been involved uh, in teaching in the classroom and also doing speech therapy in the classroom and of all the candidates I have the broad-based background of that teaching and uh, special ed with speech therapy I am the only candidate that belongs to the California Teachers Association and when our oldest son was uh, in kindergarten he was involved in a K-3 program where to have your child be in that program that had two teachers and 60 students. You had to commit to 10 hours of being in the classroom, and we were co-teachers with math and reading and all the extras that um, go into a a classroom that that provides many, many opportunities, um, science and beyond. Uh, It was a great, great experience, and I want to have all the schools provide extra experiences for our students, like the STEM labs that are in some of our schools, the science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. Uh, Some of the schools have taken an empty classroom and turned it into a STEM lab. Others have used like a half-library situation um, that wasn't used very much and created these wonderful uh, learning environments for our kids. Also, I want to see more uh, programs provided for parents like the Anaheim School District does where they have a parent learning institute and the parents come together and learn from teachers and others, and then as they go through this couple-of-month course once a week, 
they begin to teach other parents who are new to the school or new to the program, and they have a robust ancillary um, helping situation going on with all the classrooms and the school, and it's provided a boost for all of the children at that school um, in terms of their education and opportunities and all of that. So I'm all over the area for going to board meetings, visiting schools, going to, like the week ago Saturday, the literacy fair in La Habra. And when I go to these events or PTA meetings or board meetings, I don't see any other candidates. Um, I am going to have this as my full-time job. All the other candidates are tied to something else that they do from 9 to 5 or more, and I have the time and the energy to really take this on and make Orange County education in our public schools very robust. So as you've been attending meetings then, we just talked with... Becky Gomez, who's an incumbent, so she's attending the meetings <laughs> as a on on the dais there. Mm-hmm. So uh, you've had you've been. When did you start? So and how long have you been witnessing the the back and forth of some of the really uh, quite extraordinary, unprecedented kinds of roles that have that the board's been taken on? How long have you been witnessing this? Um, probably for the last seven months or okay. so. Okay. Um, yes, it, it's quite quite the problem right now going on with the Orange County Board of Education because of the litigation, which is uh, very, very expensive, Um, and it's very unfortunate. So you have a a ready kind of package, what you'd like to pursue, but there is the matter of these sort of litigation, uh, some very large structural issues going on. How would you address that and get on to your own agenda you'd like to pursue? I would like to form a pathway toward arbitration and get this behind the Orange County Department of Education and move on to the function of the Orange County Board of Education is focusing on pupil achievement, pupil engagement, uh, course access, uh, outstanding pupil outcomes, and really make it about education again. Um, <laughs> yes, that's, that's what we need, very much so. For those of you who've just joined us, my guest is Paulette Chafee, running for trustee on the Orange County Board of Education, Area 4, and that includes La Habra, Brea, Fullerton, Placentia, Anaheim, and Buena Park. So what is, because we're going to have to collapse a whole lot of questions with the time remaining here, what is your position on Prop 13 on the March 3rd ballot for this this primary ballot that will raise that will raise the a bond for funds to support the infrastructure and the operating cost of local schools 
many local schools have bond measures going forward, which are, I think, better crafted than the Prop 13 one that that's on the state ballot, and there are problems uh, with the overarching um, uh, way this was written and the implications that it's going to have um, ongoing. I would rather um, that the local districts, like Fullerton has a bond measure going for the elementary district and one for the high school district that has excellent oversight. Um, the previous bonds that they have floated have been very, very successful. Anaheim is another school district in point. So I would rather see something at the state level reworked. Do you, so you're working with then the existing local bond initiatives underway, but the, do you have a prescribed proposal for what the state would better advance? Other than the, the Assembly Bill 48 that brought us Prop 13 on the primary ballot? Um, right now, I think the Orange County Board of Education needs to focus on what their mission is for pupil achievement, pupil engagement, course access, other um, uh, uh, situations for like foster youth and what they're doing. But I think we need to have more input as the county board to the state um, propositions in terms of where are we really going overall, and the state has lots of surplus. I would rather the state use the surplus for education for our students than going this route with the Prop 13 that's currently on the ballot. So we... It's I I wouldn't call it a litmus test for me, but it's I I'd like for you to talk about the the California Healthy Youth Act and how you witnessed it's being a uh, handled in your observation of the Orange County Board of Education. The local school districts um, have the option of getting this information into their curriculum on their own time frames. And some of them have jumped right in. Some of them have been um, more uh, careful in the way they have uh, brought this out. But I think the main point is that it was put together in a way that there wasn't enough parental input into the whole process of this. And parents do have the option of opting out. 
And it's very difficult to say that every seventh grader or every eighth grader or every ninth grader is at the same um, emotional and um, intellectual level to be ready to receive the information that is in this act. And so I think that the whole act is um, something that needs to be reworked. And if there is something that can be done to rework this, because it's caused a lot of stress and consternation between districts and the parents. And so I would like to see a reworking of this because not every student is emotionally or intellectually ready to receive the information that this act appears to be putting together. So... Again, I'll ask as I did with the uh, with the Prop 13, though. So, do you do you have some kind of a template that you think that improves it? That something that substitutes for that, so that the the concerns I have are for the the public health of all enrolled students in education that they get they get those tools because mm-hmm. public health is everything. That um, is, do you have something as as a substitution ready? I am researching that right now with regards to what other states are doing and what other um, public health organizations are out there and um, doing in their districts and in their schools. I think that we can come to a a better place with all of it. by looking to see what other schools and what other states and what other districts have that have been more of a success. This particular act has caused so much concern, so much problem that is taken away from the basic knowledge that children would get um, from from the former um, programs that, that were in place. And granted, we do have information that we need to give to students, but it has to be done in a way that is not going to create fear and um, problems with our children and with our families. So I'd like to find out, like I ask all the candidates, who is funding your campaign and your endorsements? I have quite a few friends who are contributing, not large amounts. My campaign is largely funded by my own resources, and I do have quite a few uh, administrators um, and school board members who are supporting me. Uh, Ryan Ruelas, 
who is on the Anaheim Elementary School Board, Anne-Marie Trejo, who is on the high school board, Al Jabbar, who is on the Anaheim High School Board, Tom Umberg, Senator Tom Umberg supports me, um, Katie, uh, who is on the Brea School Board, supports me, and many, many others. I have Jesus Silva, who supports me, and um, I am supported by a lot of my friends. I belong to a lot of organizations that do philanthropy in our communities. I'm a board member of All the Arts for All the Kids in Fullerton, I belong to Fullerton Sister City. I've been a board member there for a long, long time. We provide scholarships to students to visit Japan and South Korea. Um, We do fundraisers. I'm also involved with the Boys and Girls Club in Fullerton. In 2017, I was named Woman of the Year by the YWCA of Orange County. I've been involved in a lot of support groups for St. Jude Medical Center. I'm part of the Fullerton Collaborative, which includes about 35 organizations that help the community grow stronger. Well, I want to know if you have anything else that you would like to wrap the interview with, and just one final sort of message to listeners about your candidacy. Right. My message is this would be a full-time job for me. I am not tied to a 9-to-5 situation with my work, and I really want to see a lot more emphasis placed on students in the classroom in Orange County, and I have the time to do this. I'm also uh, following very closely First 5OC, which helps to establish preschools in communities, and I am all for that because when a child reaches the age of five years old, if that child does not have the background of socialization and basic skills, they begin to feel very um, low in self-esteem, and I want to counteract that. So I am out there going and doing, and I am the person that will be full-time at this job. Well, I thank you so much. I appreciate your taking the time today, Paula Chafee. Well, thank you so much for having me on your radio show. It's good to have you on. Thank you. My guest was Paula Chafee, running for the Orange County Board of Education's Area 4, which includes the Habra Brea, Fullerton, Placentia, Anaheim, and Buena Park. That's my wrap. Next week will be the last coverage of local candidates before the primary March 3rd. And uh, if you got, somebody wants to be on my Ask a Voter show, here's a pitch for you guys. For If you want to give me my uh, classic questions I ask on election days, then uh, email me, cshambotkuci.org, and uh, I'll, I'll book you on the show, and you can talk about your, your voting experience. So, But for next week, we'll have another Orange County Board of Education candidate for Area 4, Jordan Brandman. Candidate Jim Shaw has withdrawn from arrangements for interview on this show. Listeners, if you want to participate, you know where to reach me at cshambotkuci.org. Talk with you next week. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Je te montrerai mon opinel et je te chouraverai ton blouson. Moi, j'ai dit.
laisse béton Il m'a filé une baigne, j'ai filé un marron Il m'a filé une châtaigne, j'ai filé mon blouson